I mean, we don't have just one crystal ball to talk about today, which one would be good enough, by the way. You wouldn't hear me complaining if we just had one crystal ball to talk about. Normally means, you know, some things are starting off well with recruiting for the weekend. We've got two crystal balls to talk about today. And, hey, two players that are ranked pretty high. Defensive lineman, four-star Joseph Jonah Ajonye, who we've talked about a few times the past couple of weeks. You've also got a four-star wide receiver in Zion Kearney. Uh, Parker? We mentioned Ajonye yesterday. You threw in a crystal ball for both he and Kearney earlier today. I guess let's start with the defensive lineman that's ranked as the number 125 overall player. I Obviously, this means things are trending quite nicely for OU's defensive line recruiting if you put this in today. First off, Tyler, I just want to say mad props for saying Joseph Jonah Ajonye's name correctly on the first try. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. Much easier said than done. A lot of J's, a lot of vowels in that name. Means a lot. So you navigated it quite well. Uh, But, yeah, top 125 guy in the 24-7 sports composite right now, somebody that I think will be a top 100 player in pretty short order here and a guy that Oklahoma is firmly in the lead for. And when you look at the interior defensive line prospects in this class – for Oklahoma, Tyler, the common misconception is that Will Nwaneri is a defensive tackle. No, he's he's an edge. That's what he's going to be at Oklahoma. Miguel Chavis is running point on his recruitment. But OU leads for Joseph Jonah Ajonye. They lead for David Stone. They lead for Zadavian Sims. They lead for Nigel Smith. All of those guys will have visited slash will visit Oklahoma in the month of April and all of them will take official visits with OU. Things are looking very, very nice right now if you're Todd Bates. Yeah, Ajonye, by the way, 6'3 and a half, 255 pounds out of Conroe, Texas. Offer list consists of Texas, Auburn, Florida State, Georgia, A&M, Oregon. I think USC uh, is in there as well that have offered. So an impressive offer list. Why why, why now, though, for the crystal ball? Like, why, why are things trending so nicely for a defensive lineman that you would like love to have in this class what's what's the latest there well I'll tell you this much Tyler things are starting to trend in the right direction with a number of Oklahoma's top targets in the 2024 class as we head into what is going to be a huge weekend of visitors at the Oklahoma spring game and let's just let's address this right off the bat we're moving the line up over under 3.5 commitments this weekend oh Unbelievable. Every day this week, the over-under has uh, rose by a number. We are at three and a half. Tomorrow we could be like at eight and a half. Who knows what's going to happen here? (laughs) Three and a half is the over-under. Buddy, that would be their biggest... That would be their biggest recruiting weekend in terms of commits or good news since... um, well, the one last summer that we always remember, right, where a couple of those silent, silent commitments happened. Ooh, boy. Okay. Yeah, it's been since the party it's, in the uh, palace last yeah. year, since you had one yeah. weekend where everything came together for Oklahoma the way that it has the potential to this weekend. And I will go ahead. I'll, I'll just say this up front. I expect there to be at least two public commitments by the other side of the weekend. At least two. And again, if you're giving me the over-under right now at 3.5 commits total, I don't necessarily know what the adequate timetable would be in terms of those announcements coming about, but I would take the over on this weekend. Man, 
Yeah, uh, you got a little juice right now heading into the weekend. And as we mentioned yesterday, we keep calling it the the big four with the defensive linemen. I mean, this kid is ranked 125. Got a chance to be a top 100 player by the time it's all said and done. We probably need to expand this out to the big five or the six-pack. So as we continue to set the over-unders for commits this weekend, we need to figure out by the end of this week if if we're staying at the big four, if we're moving to the big five, or or if we're calling this D-line – uh, list the, the six pack or not? I, I think I think there's an argument of six here. <laughs> Somebody on the text line says, "How does Parker basically guaranteeing David Stone will commit at halftime of the spring game last night on YouTube affect recruiting?" Uh, I I, yeah, I did mention I'm this not last night. That, that actually happened. well, no, I did mention this last night. But you know, in talking to a few people with knowledge of the situation, it does kind of seem like there is. An outside ch- look. I would not bet on David Stone committing this weekend, but it does kind of seem like there's an outside chance that with David Stone coming home for his first spring game at the University of Oklahoma, maybe just maybe you're able to take a big step towards actually securing the commitment this weekend. And look, he's long been an Oklahoma lean, and the message has never been anything different, at least on this show. And within this market, Tyler, the expectation has always been that the road was going to lead back to OU for David Stone. It's really just always been a matter of when and what kind of roadblocks slash obstacles do you have to hurdle in order to make that come to fruition. And I think this spring game this weekend has the opportunity to yield an avenue in which David Stone might be willing to take a big step towards officially locking in that commitment how would everyone feel if david stone uh, commits this weekend but he does it during statu- uh, kyler's statue ceremony at 11 30 or when they introduce him at halftime like right in the middle of it Will people get <laughs> mad at david stone or just kyler be happy Murray. about the commitment yeah yeah <laughs> seriously go for like the maximum exposure yeah um i, I don't know I, i'm just curious Kidding, of course. I don't think that he would really do that, but uh, um, I wonder how people would feel about it. Back to the text line. Gunny of Stutzman Army asks, how does 420 affect recruiting? Well, as our resident happy, grass happy expert, Gunny, Gunny I, I would figure that you're more, uh, you've got more authority to answer that question than we do. Yeah, it is happy Gunny Day today. We'll be celebrating all <laughs> show long. Um, the other crystal ball that drops, so OU, they, they already got one wide receiver commit. Um, you're looking really good for Bryant Westco, top 10 player according to 24-7 Sports. More predictions and crystal balls uh, continue to come in for him. He's going to be in town this weekend. Like, might we start uh, – are, are we getting close for OU wrapping up its wide receiver recruiting for 24? Because four-star wide receiver, 6'3", 195. Things you like to see. Zion <laughs> yeah. Kearney, you put in a crystal ball for him today, too. Things you like to see. Two wide receivers north of six foot two in the national top 100 in the 24-7 sports composite. Man. Both heavily leaning Oklahoma. And both going to be at the spring game this weekend. Bryant Wesco and Zion Kearney. So, Yes, the vibes are very, very strong there. To be honest, that crystal ball for Zion Carney was probably a little bit overdue. Things have been trending very nicely for Oklahoma there for a couple of months now. And I get the sense that with both Wesco and Carney, you might not have to wait that much longer to find out whether Oklahoma locks them down or not. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're in a spot where you could get two top 70 players at just wide receiver, which that would be your best 
wide receiver haul since the, what, the three five-stars that you had uh, a few years ago. Um, that would be a serious wide receiver haul, and everyone would kind of sleep on K.J. Daniels, but he might end up being the fastest player in the entire class, even though he's not even going to be close to your highest-rated wide receiver this year. It's <laughs> just a three-star right now. Uh, that boy good. Do not sleep yeah. on K.J. Daniels. And understandably, if you get a class comprised of Wesco, Carney, and Daniels, Yes, Wesco and Carney are the two guys that are going to move the needle. They're the ones that are going to generate the most hype amongst the fan base. But do not lose sight of K.J. Daniels amidst all of that because for every tall, lanky athlete with ball skills that you get at the wide receiver position, and Oklahoma has a chance to get two of them in Wesco and Carney, you also need somebody that can take the top off. And that's what K.J. Daniels is and will be at the University of Oklahoma. And he's also a guy, Tyler, and I feel like this goes understated, too. He's a guy that wanted to be a Sooner. He jumped in the boat in the month of April, was willing to say, you know what, I don't even want to take any of my my official visits outside of Oklahoma. This is where I want to be. This is the only school I want to visit for the next eight months. This is home. Text line from the 405, are teams allowed to publicly introduce recruits at games on the intercom? Always wondered that. Feels like a recruit would love to get some cheers, but then again, a lot of fans have no clue who they are, LOL. Yeah, I don't think that that's legal. At least it's never happened here. Um, In fact, I've never seen it anywhere. Are there times where the recruits get shown on the Jumbotron? Maybe, but I think they even try to avoid that at all costs, too. Yeah, no, I I and I actually think that is something that is prohibited. I don't know if that's across the board or just at Oklahoma. Because, for instance, I, the rules at Oklahoma are not necessarily the rules everywhere else. You will never see a photo of a recruit on the sideline at an Oklahoma game because members of the media are not permitted to take photos of recruits at the University of Oklahoma. But you see recruits showing up to Michigan games, to Oklahoma State games, to Texas A&M games. You will see pictures everywhere all over the internet of those kids because those schools will allow members of their media to take photos of recruits it would be awesome though to hear on saturday please welcome bryant wesco and everyone (laughs) just go crazy crazy for the uh five-star wide receiver that'd be awesome and then uh, kansas city says yeah yeah go ahead no i was was about to say then they uh then they introduce isaiah autry fresh off his commitment to the University of Oklahoma, and you hear the three-star you chants start to break out. Oh, no, no, yeah. Then uh, c- cousin cousin Marcus, Marcus Dupree, shows up on the Jumbotron and gives the Dikembe uh, Mutombo no, 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 please. Uh, Isaiah Autry, gonna, I don't care what star he's got. He's got a BAM offer as an offensive tackle, a lot of SEC offers. Yeah, I'm excited about him. Uh, one more. We'll hit a break. Colin KC says, how many of those three and a half are going to be defensive linemen? Yeah, I'll set the over under at 0.5 on defensive linemen. Okay. I would like to take the uh, – I don't know if I'll take the over or under on that one just yet. Um, we'll, we'll, see how, uh, we'll, we'll see how things kind of go into tomorrow. But I think they're at least getting one wide receiver. Oh, uh, what's the over-under wide receiver? One and a half? One and a half. And we're counting portal guys. Yep. Yeah. Yep. One and a half at wide that's, receiver. That's 
Yeah, kicking for chicken, David Stone. Whoever texted <laughs> that in, that was glorious. Very well done. I love that. All right, 405-651-3439 is the text line. I'm out and about in Norman today at the center, 2475 Boardwalk Street. Uh, the center at Restore is Norman's newest midsize training and event center, located again on 2475 Boardwalk Street in, uh, Street in Norman, Oklahoma. Here's the deal. 50% discount for a six-hour rental here at the center, but you got to do it between now and 6 p.m. Go to their website, info at the center-restore.com. That's info at the center-restore.com. There will be a KREF rental register, and if you do that between now and 6 p.m., 50% discount. Not bad. We'll tell you more about the center. we got a whole lot of OU football recruiting, and is Alabama about to get a starting quarterback from the ACC? That's the rumor. We'll tell you that and a whole lot more coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Big recruiting weekend coming up this weekend for the spring game for the Sooners. We'll continue to uh, let you know all the latest going on in Norman over the weekend. Uh, But quickly, I'm live at the center right here in Norman. Again, info at thecenter-restore.com for more information. And we're going to talk to Gina Dixon for a few uh, moments here. One of the owners with Kelly Lasher at the center. This space is really, really cool, Gina. Tell us uh, a little bit more about the center and and what you're trying to do with it. Uh, Yeah, I I think that um, I was really excited about education in general because I am a former educator. And so uh, education was always important. But one thing about um, therapy and our counselors at Restore is that we like to we like to learn. We like to stay up with all the newest techniques and the newest, latest, greatest things that help people. Yeah. And so ultimately, that's what we're about is helping people. And so I think the education piece is like we don't have to keep traveling and, and going to different places. I wanted a place where um, our therapists in particular would have a place to learn and, um, and grow you know, that it would be um, convenient for them. And then we could offer them a place that um, they could have some discounts for their education because we're all required to have CEUs and continuing education. So that was a really important thing that I, I wanted to offer our team of people, but also, you know, a reach out to other people. Yeah. Um, this, this place is uh, something that could... Um, really serve a lot of different purposes. It can be a place of, of learning and education, but it also can be a place that you could have a baby showers sure. or uh, other kinds of events and meetings. Uh, we really decorated it and set it up, you know, the state of art uh, equipment. And um, it's got some decor that I think would fit a lot of different venues. And so uh, all of that was important. I, I think one thing about our vision with Restore is that we want a one-stop shop that when people reach out to restore, they're going to get the help they need. And uh, we can even, you know, now supply uh, a clinical psychologist. We have a nurse practitioner of psychiatry. We have family therapists. We have children therapists. We have marital therapists. And we have individual therapists. And so all kinds of um, different kinds of licenses and expertises. And then keeping that going with the center with constant education. What about if uh, someone called you, Gina, and said, all right, I want to 
rent out the center for a Saturday where OU has a road game, throw a giant party, and watch a road game in here. But, Gina, your husband, who played on the 1985 National Championship team, Greg Dixon, I would like him to hang out and watch the game with us. Would there be any probability with that? I think if you brought food, Greg would show up. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Any kind of food item, uh, Greg will be there. And he, no one's a stranger to Greg. So, yeah, he's ever, we're big OU fans. Uh, super excited about this weekend and the season um, coming. So, yeah, we're both OU graduates and big Boomer Sooner fans. Yeah, so. well, we, we would want you here too, Gina, just to uh, <laughs> tell all the Coach Switzer stories that maybe uh, Greg wouldn't feel comfortable uh, telling. So, yeah, that's that's uh, that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, a lot of that 85 team is going to be in town this weekend, mm-hmm. which is really, really cool. A lot yeah. of uh, decades represented with OU football. Um, why Norman? Uh, you're you're OU grads, you, yeah. you and your husband, mm-hmm. but why why'd you settle on Norman? I, I think, you know, I lived outside of Norman for a while. My husband was a district judge, and we, we lived outside of Norman, but I think we both had that desire to eventually make Norman our home. So now Norman is our home. I, I'm practicing here, and he has a practice here. And uh, we, our last son, went through Norman schools, and uh, we love Norman. I, I mean, I think Norman has just been a, a good place for us. It just yeah. seems like a it feels like home. Um, super happy to be yeah. here. Yeah, and we're going to have a couple uh, national championship women's gymnasts here later on, which oh, is going to be pretty Bell's cool. Yeah. Yeah, 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 she'll be yeah. here. Uh, last thing I have for you, I, what, what's been the most rewarding thing for you uh, with the center, with Restore Behavioral Health? Uh, I mean, you're just doing so much good. So what's been just kind of the most – I know you're not in it to be rewarded for yourself, yeah. but what have you found that's been rewarding for you? I, I think I think just watching this kind of evolve, I think that's been the most amazing part is that, you know, it hasn't it, – it started off as just this dream and then just seeing what's happened. And really our hearts were, really were at the place of how do we help people how how can we help more people, especially after the 2020? You know, everybody's eyes are still twitching over that, and um, I really feel like you know we we now can offer so much. We have locations in Edmond, we have a location in Midtown, wow, and and now we have a location. Yeah, you know, we've had our Norman Hub, and now the center. And so I feel like we're we're kind of getting where you know we really pictured ourselves being hopefully you know i we may have some other things some more satellites but really ultimately it was about helping people and how we can help people kind of go to one stop that they don't have to just keep looking for help all over the place that you can call restore and your needs will be met okay you feeling good about the upcoming football season we need to bounce back here for sure okay okay good i just i needed some (laughs) i needed some some good vibes today all right better gina thank you so much for having us out here. You, you had a little bit of a short break to come over here and do the interview, yeah, so so thank, thank you, you so sir. much. Thank you there for you having me. Gina Dixon, one of the owners with Kelly Lasher uh, here at the center, which it's a, it's an awesome space for sure. Really, really glad that uh, we're out here. Uh, yeah, okay, Parker. So Alabama's got its spring game coming up this Saturday along with several others, and I guess the latest Internet rumor is that Tyler Van Dyke, the starter at Miami, could be in the portal and headed to Alabama soon. What? Oh, boy. Yeah. And Miami. It's the, uh, it's the latest rumor out yeah, there. Okay. Well, that, that, that rumor will last about as long as it takes for John Ruiz to write a check. 
<laughs> right. Smart move by Tyler Van Dyke to uh, flirt with the pool. Yeah, no so joke, man. Like, like, brilliant uh, business maneuver. This. Brilliant business maneuver by that guy. <sighs> wow. I mean, that's that's a heck of a rumor, the uh, second portal cycle, cycle here. I did, uh, I did not expect to see that today. Hey, text line, um, interact with this one as well. 405-651-3439. You guys would know what's going on with recruiting. Like, this is way early, I understand that. But there's crystal balls in. There's only a few commitments in. If you had to guess what OU's best position haul is going to be in this class, what is, like, the early guess as to what it's going to be? I would say it was probably defensive backs last year. What are we looking at right now as, you know, trending towards this will be the best position group that OU gets in the 24 class? I think the easy answer is defensive line, but I also think that there's going to be a compelling argument by the end of the cycle that it's actually wide receiver if everything goes according to plan here. And depending on whether you would count the potential addition of Brennan Thompson toward that tally, which I don't know. People have differing opinions on that, Tyler. I'm more one that I wouldn't count Brennan Thompson, but even so – if you have a wide receiver class of Bryant Wesco, Zion Carney, and K.J. Daniels, I think that's without question the be best tough. haul that you could have at a position group on the offensive side of the ball. I I think just in terms of sheer numbers and in terms of sheer level of talent, it might be defensive line by a runaway this cycle. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie Crimson says D-line for sure. Uh, this text from the 405 is Bates finally closing. Tyler from Kellyville says kickers. I I don't want to speak for everyone, but I think I can probably speak for everyone on this one. Like, I would agree with you. I think it's defensive line. And honestly, I'm hoping it's defensive line because I think best case scenario for this program moving forward, like where their needs are, uh, the conference that's coming up, like defensive line would be the answer for me if I got to pick any position group that's the best. And that's, I mean, I know it's been that way for about 10 years now, but they, like, Parker, this is a time, and we talked about it enough, that this is a time they need to start closing on defensive line. Like, this would be one heck of a year for your best haul in a class that's going to be top ten, maybe that pushes the top five again, that we're saying the defensive line's the best part about this class. And how long has it been, Tyler, since you could look at any recruiting class that Oklahoma had, whether it was top ten or not, and legitimately say with your chest that – Oh, yeah, this defensive line group is the best position group in this cycle for Oklahoma. I mean, the only two that would come to mind are Gerald McCoy's class, just because Gerald McCoy was in it, uh-huh. or Tommy Harris's class, right? I mean, those are – and I'm not even full I, – I, I don't fully know if those two classes were even the case, so maybe it's even longer than we realize. It's been a while. The narrative is changing quickly, both as it pertains to defensive line recruiting at Oklahoma and as it pertains to Todd Bates, which I'm not sure why this negative narrative ever existed in the first place. I think it's extremely short-sighted because when you look at what Bates did at Clemson as a recruiter, I'm not sure why anybody would doubt that guy. But for all the Bates doubters that are out there, it looks like 2024 is going to be the cycle that he slams the door on your foot. Is there any update on the score for the spring game? Asked a listener in the 918. Uh, the last update I can give you is about 24 hours ago. The red team currently leads the white team 5-2. to two. But I'm sure there, were, there are points to be had today. Uh, so I'm sure more points will be added to the board at some point later on. But as of right now, 
Red team, which is the offense, still leads five to two. More points, uh, more points will be happening before we get to Saturday. Recruiting, think D line is hyped, but the O line recruits will be underrated. There, yeah, there could be some real truth to that. Um, with with the, the offensive line of this class being underrated, I, I think, think it was me, maybe even a little bit underrated last year. To me, I think the two guys that will go a long way towards shaping the narrative as to how Oklahoma recruits on the offensive line this cycle are Bennett Warren and Grant Bricks. Because Bennett Warren is already a top 100 guy. Grant Bricks will absolutely be a top 100, maybe even a top 50 guy. So if you land one or both of those dudes, then – a lot of the Bill Biedenboe detractors are going to crawl back into their holes, too. Doc says, with the avalanche of receiver crystal balls, is Nick Marsh out of a spot? I know he's on the visitor list, but Wesco, Kearney, Daniels, and Thompson from UT seems like max capacity. I do not expect Nick Marsh in the class for Oklahoma. Let me just say it that way. It kind of feels like... Um... Does it feel right now that we it, – it's looking pretty clear as to who all, all the additions are going to be in this class? Yep. Like if, 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 if Kearney and, and Wesco go your way and then you add Brennan Thompson, it kind of feels like that's going to be it, doesn't it? It really does. But then again, the recruiting class that we think we have pegged in spring is oftentimes – not the recruiting class that Oklahoma ends up signing in December. There will be things that change. There will be guys that are heavily leaning Oklahoma at this point that end up elsewhere, and there will be targets that emerge later in the cycle that aren't on anybody's radar right now for Oklahoma. So I think we can reliably look at the board right now and conclude that yeah, 15, 16 of Oklahoma's targets right now are going to end up in the class, but there will also be at least a handful that are not leaning Oklahoma right now and that are not heavily on the radar right now for those that follow recruiting in great detail. Because as you get deeper in the cycle, kids' minds change, the factors at play sometimes change, and so it isn't as clear as it may seem right now. And to some, it may seem really clear. I'm just trying to prepare you all for the inevitable reality that things will change at some point down the line. Ronnie Crimson says, am I allowed to purchase a Pacifico for Tyler Yo Pablo? I would for Parker as well, but I know he doesn't drink. Ronnie, I, it is, yes, you are allowed to purchase a Pacifico for me at Yo Pablo, which, by the way, will be there from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. on Saturday and then 4.30 to 6.30 after the game. So 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner before the game, 4.30 to 6.30 after the game, and then you can catch uh, Steel Man and Toby over at uh, Balfour of Norman on Campus Corner from 10 a.m. to noon. All right, uh, we'll get back to recruiting what the weekend is going to look like, uh, the, the big targets that are going to be in town, and your text as well. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. for the Homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. for the Homeless Sooner fans. Ref Army listening worldwide today. Someone is tuned in in Sydney, Australia, via the free KREF app. Kings Mountain, North Carolina is tuned in. Hot Springs, Arkansas. Las Cruces, New Mexico. Renton, Washington. Denver, Colorado. Nest City, Kansas. Texarkana, Texas. And our small Oklahoma town of the day, Hollis, Oklahoma. Text line, uh, which former Sooner is from Hollis, Oklahoma? Who's the most notable football name out of Hollis, Oklahoma? Oh, I know know this one. I know this one. Can I answer? Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I will give I will give about 10 seconds for, for people to think. 
His name is on a stadium in the uh, Big 12. <laughs> yes, that's it is. Enough of a hint. Yeah. Daryl Royal. Daryl K. Royal from uh, Hollis, Oklahoma. That's yes, way so, out in uh, West Oklahoma, isn't it? Right on the border? Right on the Texas yeah, border? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think like, very, very close. Um, Ronnie Crimson saying you got to shout out Cole, Oklahoma. Yeah, just thoughts and prayers to everyone affected by the storms last night. Um, Shawnee and, and Cole got hit pretty hard, um, which there were some fatalities in Cole last night. Not sure about Shawnee, but that was a – very, very unfortunate evening. So thoughts and prayers to not just everyone in Shawnee and Cole affected, but to everyone uh, that was affected by uh, by last night's storms. Um, the official over-under now for commits this weekend for OU is at three and a half. <laughs> it's, it's grown as the week has gone on, which is very good news. Um, I think we've mentioned it enough. I think Brennan Thompson is probably... The, the guy in town that is most on commit watch, but what are one or two other prospects that we should really watch for on commit watch this week? On commit watch, I I don't know. I, I dislike throwing out the term commit watch just because it, it almost sets expectations unreasonably high. Like if they don't commit this weekend, something went wrong. So I don't... I don't want to give the impression that there's any one particular prospect where if they show up and don't commit, suddenly there's reason for concern. But I think there are several looking at the board that could very well lock in with Oklahoma this weekend and potentially call things early. Uh, One guy that certainly fits that bill and a guy that we've talked about is a four-star defensive back in the class of 2024, Jaden Hardy out of Louisville. Yep. Seems like he's getting real close. Isaiah Autry, we'd, we'd talked about how he was getting close. He went ahead and confirmed it. He's, con- he's committing tomorrow afternoon at 1 p.m., so that's when we will get a decision from Isaiah Autry, the standout offensive lineman out of Tupelo, Mississippi. Let me throw another one out there, Tyler. And this is not a 2024 prospect. It is also not a transfer. I'm already looking ahead to the class of 2025, and I get the very strong sense that Grayson Harris, the four-star wideout out of Ennis, Texas, is going to be committed to Oklahoma very soon. Well, he won't have a top uh, 24-7 quarterback in that class as of right now. I still can't believe that 24-7. I, I still can't believe that Kevin Sperry, who has an OU offer and is committed, wasn't like one of the top 247 uh, recruits in that 25 uh, list yesterday. Like i got to think – by the time it's all said that, and there's like two years essentially for that, but man, that was that was interesting. I did not expect that from Kevin Sperry, or for Kevin Sperry, I guess. I I, I shouldn't say anything, Tyler. I should just keep my thoughts to myself. I'm going to plead the fifth on this conversation regarding Kevin Sperry's ranking. Man, 24-7's had some interesting rankings for the last two uh, OU quarterback commits, which is uh, which is interesting. Williams Winery uh, will be in Colorado this weekend. Uh, he'll be there for the first time. Um, again, kind of with him, no news is good news. I mean, defensive line is kind of the uh, the position group of the day because OU seems to be sitting well. Like, I just – the little that I know about Williams Winery and his recruitment, I, I – I don't feel like he's going to leave Boulder this weekend and all of a sudden Colorado's going to be the favorite. I guess you never know. It's just, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I just, I don't feel like that's going to be the case with him after he leaves Boulder. 
No, I, I really don't think any of these unofficial visits – and he's not going to be done. His Colorado one is not the last unofficial visit he will take. I really don't think any of these unofficial visits are going to sway Will Nwaneri. It kind of seems like he's already got a pretty solid idea of where he wants to be, and he's got a, he's certainly got a short list. Oklahoma is atop the short list right now in my mind, but look, nothing has really changed there, Tyler. I, I mean, the big news that – came out of the Under Armour camp this past weekend was that he had four official visits booked to Oklahoma, Missouri, Oregon, and Tennessee. That was something I'd reported at the beginning of February, Tyler. Like he, he had those in mind very early on. And so in terms of where Will Nguyenary is kind of setting his sights as far as the upper echelon of schools in his recruitment, really nothing has substantially changed as he has taken – uh, this slew of unofficial visits throughout the spring. So I still think Oklahoma is primarily trying to hold off Tennessee and Oregon. Mizzou kind of has the hometown juice. I'm I'm less worried about it than I was a couple months back when Mizzou actually led for more than a minute in that recruitment. But smart money's on Oklahoma right now, without question. Uh, in case you missed it, Parker dropped two crystal balls today. Zion Kearney, four-star wide receiver out of Missouri, Texas. You're going to like this. Six foot three, 195 pounds, the number 65 overall player, according to 24 uh, 7 composite. And then uh, four star defensive lineman Joseph Jonah Ajonye, six three and a half, 255 pounds from Conroe, Texas, the number 125 overall player, according to 24 7 composite. Um, I don't remember, I, I didn't write it down. What numbers did you put on your crystal balls in terms of confidence for those two? Do you, do you remember off the top of your head? I think Zion Kearney was a seven, and Joseph Jonah Jonier was a six. So, um, pretty confident. Maybe a little bit more confident in, in Kearney than a Yeah, pretty confident a with Kearney. Um, with a, with Jonah Jonier, it is a confidence that I don't want to get too far out ahead of because he might still elect to take a couple visits. He might want to see Georgia before he decides, but OU's got a stranglehold on that one right now somebody on the text line said is sperry's comp rex grossman (laughs) it will be (laughs) one way or the other it will be just just give it about a year that might happen uh let's see if we get sammy brown i'll cry says a texter in the 405 nice uh sperry might end up being better than jackson arnold yeah so we're not putting uh, too much expectations on this kid he just might end up being better than jackson arnold by the time it's all said and done um, this text in the 909 says, hasn't there been quite a few enter the portal from Colorado? Yeah, um, I, I wonder if they're just kind of um, cutting dead weight a little bit at CU this spring, like the writing's on the wall for a few of their guys there, because Colorado's going to attra- uh, uh, attack the portal once again. In fact, they're going to attack the portal so much, this, this second cycle of it, that I'm pretty sure – Nebraska head coach Matt Rule threw some shade at uh, Deion Sanders uh, attacking the portal so much, which I thought was fascinating. So what did did Rule say? What did he say? I never, I guess Uh, I never got the gist of what those comments actually were. I only had heard, oh yeah, Matt Rule kind of, he he said some subtle things that could be interpreted as a dig. Here's what he said. Quote, I hear other schools say they can't wait for today the transfer portal. They can't wait to go out 
I can't wait to coach my guys. Let me tell you that. I'm not here. I'm not thinking about anybody else but this team out here, in quotes. And, I, and like, there were some social media things, I think, released about Dion saying, you know, you know where to find me, all that stuff. So I want to believe that Matt Rule was throwing some shade at Colorado and Dion Sanders. Not that I really care about the Nebraska-Colorado rivalry. Heck, I, I only think uh, one fan base actually claims it a rivalry. But I'll 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 take a little uh, I'll take a little uh, heat on that thing going into year two when they actually play this year. I- I'm here for the pettiness, if nothing else. Ah, oh, pettiness! It's mm-hmm. what makes the college football world go round in the off season. But, you know that that philosophy that Matt Rule has espoused at Nebraska. I, I I will say this: I don't know how hot of a take this is. I'd say Nebraska probably accomplished more in the portal during the first wave than Colorado did because Nebraska, obviously Dion was going to bring guys with him. Guys were going to want to play for Dion. Guys were going to be beaten down the door to play for Dion. Nebraska was a school that actually had to go out and actively recruit. They didn't have guys calling them saying, hey, I want to come play football at Nebraska because that's a program that's very much fallen upon hard times in the last decade. And so Nebraska brought in a really, really strong crop of transfers and based on the circumstances, based on what they had to work with as opposed to Colorado, I actually think that program got more done than Neon did. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm at the center today in Norman. Give them a call, 405-310-1575 or info at thecenter-restore.com. The center is a 2,000-square-foot space with a modern, cozy vibe. It offers uh, comfortable seating in the lounge area, kitchenette with refrigerator, Coffee makers and other general kitchen items, perfect for hosting luncheons and dinners. Again, that's the center, 405-310-1575, 405-310-1575. Final segment of Locked In, coming up next. Final segment of Locked In with McComas and Thune, but Parker's going to be with me today from 3 to 6. Come on. Don't think, don't think Teddy working yesterday. We were going to overwork him this week. All right, he's got today off and load of management. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the guy has to work on Saturday, for crying out loud. Come on. Hey, uh, good news today. Again, second consecutive day of good news for OU basketball via the portal. Uh, they get Pitt transfer John Hugley. I believe that's how you say it, John Hugley. Yes, Hugley. He. Yeah, he only played in eight games last year, but he averaged nearly 15 points and eight rebounds in the 2021-2022 season, which I think led Pitts that season in scoring. Uh, good pickup for Porter's team. It's yeah. some front court help, which they really needed. Um, I think, Parker, they need more. But back-to-back <laughs> days, these are two pretty good pickups. That uh, Hugley is a good pickup, a really good pickup for this program, Tyler, because obviously only eight games this past season, the knee injury, that's somewhat of a concern. But he was productive when he was in his prime at Pitt. It's kind of a high-risk, high-reward maneuver because oftentimes you're not going to find a guy this late in the portal cycle that has been that productive at the collegiate level. So when you find one, you're willing to take a chance, even if he is coming off an injury. But if he returns to form, he has the opportunity to be very impactful in the front court for Oklahoma. And if he doesn't return to form, well, he's a guy that 
at the very least, you can bring off the bench, and he's got a big body. He can get you some boards. He can clean up the glass. And at minimum, that's what Oklahoma needs, somebody to increase their rebounding prowess. And so really, really like the addition of Hugley. And props to Porter Moser and his staff for being able to close this one out. That is a guy that I think can very tangibly help Oklahoma in the 2023-24 season. Right on the heels of landing a guy yesterday in Javian McCollum that – yeah. I think is another guy going to play some substantial minutes for this program. Dare I say, a little bit more optimism surrounding the program than there was a couple of months ago. Like uh, th- th- this is a th- this is a really good, like you said it all, but it's a really good front court get because it's a guy. Most importantly to me, one that's shown that he can score when he's in the game, but two, you need so- you need someone with experience, man. We we know how brutal this league in- is on a night in night out basis, and. Sure, you'll never turn down a big guy with a ton of upside, but you get a big guy here that's played in some big college basketball games before he's got experience. Man, Parker, I, like to me, that's what this team needed. Is someone who's been through it in this in this uh, in college basketball before and has played in some big games. They they need the experience, of course, and certainly a guy that can play a true center, which John Hugley can do. If there's one thing that we continually harped on throughout the course of the season, that was Tyler. It was that. Oklahoma needed to get bigger. They needed to get beefier. They needed to rebound better, and there wasn't really anybody on their roster that offered a solution to that issue. And getting John Hugley via the transfer portal, that's certainly a guy that goes a long way towards shoring up that area of your basketball program. Yeah, agree. I'm at the center today right here in Norman, 2475 Boardwalk Street, 405-310-1575. 2,000-square-foot space, modern uh, modern cozy vibe, comfortable seating in the lounge area, kitchenette with refrigerator, coffee makers, and other general kitchen items. It's perfect for hosting luncheons and dinners. And, hey, until 6 p.m., go to their website, info at the center-restore.com. Click on that KREF rental registry. You're going to get 50% off, but you got to do it before 6 p.m. The Rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.